You're listening to Music Tectonics. Welcome back to Music Tectonics, where we go beneath the surface of music and tech. I'm your host, Dimitri Vitsa. I'm also the founder and CEO of Rock, Paper, Scissors. We're a music tech PR firm, and we also launched the Music Tectonics Conference last year in October 2019 in Los Angeles. And we've recently announced that we're going online for the conference this year, October 27th and 28th, 2020. And uh, we've got lots of great plans to make this a different sort of online event, not a thrown together Zoom. Um, we're putting together a tech stack that allows us to have the regular presentations, the Q&A, but also lots of interaction. We've got some great speed networking and uh, uh, different uh, times set up specifically so that you can get business done. Check out musictectonics.com. I'll talk more about that at the end of today's episode. Um, today, I'm, I'm excited to um, have Dermid Maloney, the CEO of Rotor Videos with me. He's based out of London. And uh, we're going to talk about Rotor and where things are going with music and video. Dermid, how are you doing today? Not too bad, Dimitri. How are you? I'm doing great. Great to have you here. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for asking me on. Yeah. So uh, let's just dive in. Uh, I've been hearing a lot about Rotor videos. Um, uh, came across you guys before Meetem a couple of years ago and uh, got to hear some then. But I've even been hearing from other folks in the music industry. And that's actually why I invited you on now, um, just because it seems like you're getting some traction here in the U.S. industry. Tell us what Rotor videos is. Well, Rotor videos, in a nutshell, what we're doing is providing one place for artists and labels to create all of the video content they need for every single track um, and to make it easy to create, manage and publish those videos from one destination. Um, you know, you see that there's many destinations popping up now for video. There's more and more video formats popping up. Um, and what we want to try and do is address the problem where, you know, you've got to create or download, you know, five or six different apps and create videos natively within those apps for all these places it's like surely that should be in one place surely it should be easy and cost effective um, and surely it should be easy to get that stuff out there at a very high level that's what we're trying to do um, and that's what we are doing and we do that largely by automating the processes around video creation um, so at the heart of rotor is some proprietary technology and ip that we've created and developed that will automate a lot of the mechanical processes of making video content and provides options to make different types of videos. Um, so we, that's what we're doing. Yeah, we've put it in the cloud. It's a, it's a web tool. Anybody can come and use it. You know, you just sign up, try it out, make videos, and you only buy when you're happy. Uh, and it's about furthering that journey from where we are now to how we can kind of, you know, solve that problem for as many people in the, in the industry as possible. So uh, it's, it, there's kind of two pieces to what you said. One of them is the creating of the video and, and making that easier, a little more automated and so forth. But you also kind of implied that this could be one place where you're syndicating videos out to lots of different platforms regardless of their format. Is that true today or that's just the, the direction you're going in? We've spent most of our time on the creation part up to now because that's where uh, I guess a lot of the, the novel and unique uh, IP has been developed and um, you know so we, we wanted to get the video creation part right because that's the heart of what we do uh, I think that's where the biggest bottleneck is in the video supply chain is just creating stuff you know being able to create it as quickly as it's needed um, with the 
actual getting that stuff out there. We have some basic stuff in Rotor where you can publish directly to your YouTube channels for now. Um, but we're already partnering and talking to various distribution companies that are out there to see how we can extend that offering so that, you know, you can put your videos on Instagram, on Facebook, you know, you can do the different square portrait versions, you know, you can get them, your Spotify canvas videos done, etc. So that's the bit that's coming next in conjunction with more around the video creation and the management uh, of your media assets for video creation. And when I say the management of your, your media assets, I mean, you know, how easy is it to pull in your audio? How easy is it to pull in any artwork or any video clips that you've got? You know, do you have your lyrics to hand? You know, so we're, we're trying to get that full end to end, you know, how can, how can the artist or the label or the creator get all their stuff together quite easily and, and have it managed and controlled? then create the, the content they require from that with, you know, in as little time as possible and then allow them to put that stuff wherever it needs to go. I think that's a, that's a tool that would be exciting to exist in the music industry right now. Mm, got it. Well, we'll get into some of that a little more, but where did you come up with the idea? Oh man, it's a, <laughs> it's a I'll try and keep the story short for you, Dimitri. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Router began as a personal project, um, my background is in content creation and I did bits and pieces of everything, you know, began as a graphic designer and did some web development did animation, got into video production, uh, audio production, music technology, uh, got into, um, the guts of video and video processing and ultimately ended up making a lot of music videos, um, mainly for independent artists, mainly for electronic artists, and DJs and various kind of uh, clubs and venues that I was connected to through um, my friends network in Ireland. Um, <clears throat> while I was making all that video content, it was around the time, you know, YouTube was becoming a thing. There was more and more demand, but budgets were going down and down. Mm. So you had this, uh, this disconnect. It was like, okay, you know, artists were coming saying, I need, I need more video content, but I've got less money, you know, uh, and I need it very quickly. How can we do that? Um, so I realized, you know, I'd gone back to university to do a second degree. I wanted to get more into signal processing and coding and programming to try and make sense of all these random skills that I picked up over the years. And while I was doing mm-hmm. that, I said, okay, you know, I know when I make a video, there's a lot of processes I go through that I repeat. Um, mm-hmm. Part of a general approach that I take to video editing and video creation, uh, that seems to have a pattern to it. So the question I asked myself was, could I automate a lot of those mechanical processes and just leave the creative decisions uh, at the top level? Uh, so router that's where it began, was this personal project. Um, firstly, that I wanted to see if I could use it for myself. So I made it a plugin uh, for Ableton. So I built this video plugin for Ableton, uh, Ableton being the, the uh, music production software. Mm-hmm. And it worked, you know, I got it in there. It could read what was going on in my Ableton Live set. It could, you know, pull in all the different, uh, all the different channels and instruments and use information from the audio to cut a video together. And when I say cut a video together, I don't mean like a visualizer. I wanted to actually make this look like a music video. So I had to pull in clips. I had to have some kind of intelligence about how, how to arrange those clips in relation to the music. Um, but the main thing is I got I got it to work. Uh, it was working quite well. And then people wanted it, you know, but at the time it only worked in my version of Ableton, uh, which, you know, wasn't much good to anybody. So 
I tried to pull it out and make it a standalone application, uh, which I did. But again, that only worked on my desktop and my laptop, uh, which wasn't, again, it's not scalable. It's not very useful. So at that point, I knew that this, I had to get people in there, uh, into my team, you know, set up a company and put this in the cloud and make it available to everybody. Um, because it was very, I could see that that's the way things were going. Uh, and I could, you know, people were coming looking for it. And that's where the journey of the business began. You know, I, I won a competition with that that standalone application. I did some some demos and some, uh, you know, made some videos live on stage at a few different events. And I won a big novelty check, which was enough to get the business off the ground. Uh, and then that's that's where the long journey uh, kicked in. So yeah, it, it began as a personal thing you know, that people wanted, uh, and it's just evolved from there. So you kind of made reference to the fact that budgets were shifting, but what else has changed in the music world that's made this a ripe time for this type of video creation tool? A lot has changed. I mean, um, most interestingly, you look today at you know short form video content. I mean, in the video world, music videos are short form video content, but there's even shorter form right. video content now, you know, the kind of You've gone from a few minutes to, you know, maybe 10 seconds. <laughs> yeah, you know, like Spotify Canvas videos, I think, are by standard eight seconds long. Mm. Um, but they get the multiples of engagement, you know. So I think what's happened is the, the sheer number of videos, like the, the palette of videos that's required by the everyday musician and label has increased uh, somewhat, you know, from what used to be just a music video to showcase the main track, you know, or, you know, everybody wanted that showcase music video. Now it's like music videos, lyric videos, short form promo videos, teaser videos, social videos, Spotify canvas videos, square videos, you know, it's just, hmm. it's gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. Right. Um, so I think the problem has gotten worse, but you know, music and audio have gotten closer and closer and it's, it's become part of the language, you know, it's, I think the expectation is no longer that video is this thing that requires a big process. You know, video should be this thing that you can turn around quickly and use it as a way to communicate and engage with your audience. Um, so, you know, like music and video has always been deeply connected going right back to the, you know, the 50s, 60s beyond, you know, that relationship has been developing. Um, but it's just become, I think it's become more every day uh, and it's become more of a direct communication tool between uh, the, the music creator and the consumer of music, right. you know? So you listed all those different types of videos that the music industry kind of is using now or that the world is using in social media and, and Spotify and so forth. What are the types of videos you can actually make with Rotor? Can you make all of those things? Are you making uh, short Canva uh, eight-second videos? Are you are you able to make TikTok and Triller-style videos, uh, square videos, full music videos, uh, lyric video? What, what are the types you can actually make with Rotor? Well, right now, as of today, you can make music videos, lyric videos, uh, artwork videos, visualizer videos, you know, if you just want kind of abstract visuals um, and short promo videos. Um, now, the short promo videos are more kind of at the moment, you know, you've got, you want to do a, a 30 second video to promote a new release or a, a live event. Not that there's much of that happening at the moment, hmm. but you know, it's some kind of short promotion of something or other. Um, with the more social type content, that's something that within the next 
couple of weeks, uh, we'll be pushing that out into the platform where you can start to chop those videos up. So, you know, you want a square video or a portrait video, it'll be pretty easy to do that. Uh, and it'll be more obvious that you can, you know, trim down your videos to shorter lengths. At the moment, you know, the way Router has been set up is you upload your music and you can either keep the full song and make a full music video or you start to trim down your music or pick out the chorus or whatever it might be. And that's the that's going to be the duration of your video. Uh, what we want to start doing now is enable the people to create, you know, they make the full music video and from that asset start to chop it up into all the, the other various bits and pieces. Um, so yeah, like I say, the, the basic stuff is in there, lyric videos, promo videos, music videos, artwork videos. Um, and we're now starting to lean more into the social style videos uh, and whatever comes next, you know, because I don't think the, the story is going to end here. Right. So you, you started to get in there a little bit with, okay, you can upload your song um, and, and it's kind of hard to use an audio podcast format to talk about a visual interface. But if you could just dress, describe just a tiny bit more, what does it take to make a video on road or what am I describe what it is that I'm doing? Let's say I want to make a full music video. What do I do? So if you want to make a full music video, I think the, the best thing to do is start with the, the simplest process for using router because there's, there's different ways you can interact with it. The simplest process is you just come with your music. Um, you don't even have to have video clips. You don't have to have images. We've got a library of video content that can be used. Um, and that library has been created and curated by us. So it's unique video content uh, that we've created through our community of videographers and visual artists uh, and it's been made specifically for our purpose so it's specific to the music industry um, so if you take that simple journey you just come to routervideos.com with your uh, with your music as an mp3 or a wav or whatever digital format you've got it in you sign up which is free to do and then you upload your music you know you upload that song uh, and that's you started on the video creation journey. The next two things you need to do is to choose what clips you want, either from our clip library or clips that you upload yourself, and then choose what style of video you want. Uh, and the style is like, it's the aesthetic, it's the treatment. You know, it, a style is like a, a grouping of effects uh, and edit styles and colorings that will all work together to apply a certain look to your video. Uh, and you can choose not to have a style. You can choose to just let router cut your clips and that's it. Um, but once you've done those three things, you know, added your audio, chosen your clips, chosen a style, that's it. You hit a button and router will generate a video for you. Uh, so what it does is it looks at your music. It'll analyze your music. It'll look for key features, you know, where the chorus is, you know, where the different verses are, where all the beats are. Is there a drop? Is there some, you know, is there a drum roll? Is there some high energy, uh, hmm. you know, or a lot of energy in the low end? All the stuff that a video editor would look for, a router would look for that itself. And then use that information in conjunction with the style you've chosen to start to build your video uh, automatically. You know, so the, the style might say, okay, you know, I don't need all the information about the beats. I just need every bar or, you know, I don't need to know about the chorus. I just need to know if there's, you know, a lot of energy in the high end and it'll trigger certain effects or it'll speed up the edits or apply certain looks to your video in response to the music. Um, and then cuts all the video clips to be in time with that music. And that's how, how long... that's how it works. You know, it's, that's the simplest way to make a video. 
How long does the uh, analysis part where, where Rotor's looking at the or, or listening to the song and figuring out those things you talked about with the beat and the drops and the climax and stuff like that? Well, the, the analyzing the music part, which is just one part, um, I mean, you're talking it's a matter of seconds. <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, I think up to 30 seconds maybe to analyze audio, depending. Um, but to generate that first preview video, because what Rotor does is it, generates a, a lower resolution preview, which is the full length of your video, you know, so if you've got a three minute, 30 second long track, it's going to generate a three minute, 30 second long video for you. But you can watch the whole thing from, from end to end to make sure you're happy before you continue. The generation of that preview, you know, once you've made those choices and hit that button, I mean, on average, it's about two or three minutes mm-hmm. um, and you can watch your full video. Uh, and that's getting faster and faster all the time. You know, we've we've got some new tech building in that should start streaming that video back to you. You know, within seconds of clicking that button, you'll start to see your video. Um, mm. So it's it's pretty fast, you know. Um, and if you like the preview, you can go ahead and buy it as is. Uh, if you don't like it, if you want to change things, you can mess around as much as you want. You can swap out the clips, rearrange the order of the clips. You can change the styles. Mm. You can trim the video down. You can change the audio. You can do whatever you like until you're happy. With is it. there, is there like a shuffle blow up button where it just starts over and gives you a totally different video? There is. Yeah. My favorite yeah. button. It's the, I'd love to call it the lazy button. Um, <laughs> it's just, just, you just hit that button and it'll create another version of your video. Uh, it'll just randomize it for you. Um, and that's great. I mean, some people like using that cause they, they go, okay, I like this video, but you know, I don't really know why I don't like it fully. So I'm just going to hit this button and see what see what else comes up. And you could hit that all day long until you get the results you, you like, and then away you go. Uh, and then you can customize it. You know, if you want to add lyrics over the top, we've got a, a text uh, text tool for overlay, overlaying lyrics on your music. Uh, you know, you can add promotional messaging, whatever else you want on top to customize that video. It sounds like fun, actually. You know, like it takes the, the creator, the, the songwriter, composer, performer, and does gives them something they are used to doing creatively without having to learn a whole new school skill set. Well, that's exactly it. You know, it was, it's like I said at the beginning, it was like, how can we hide all of those mechanical processes? How can we make it so that people who don't have video editing skills can use this thing? You know? Um, and even for me, it was like, you know, if I'm making videos, I just, I just want to be able to make the creative decisions uh, and then have something, turn out the results, you know, and I guess it's akin to how you might work with a, a video creator or a producer, you know, or a studio, you'd have that conversation with them to say, this is the type of video I want. These are the types of clips that I want. You know, this is how I want it to look, you know, and they'll start pulling the pieces together for you. Um, I guess Rotor kind of does that automatically. Uh, and it's fun. It is fun. As you say, it, it means you don't have to think too hard about things. I'm sure the video producers love you as much as the artists love the AI music creation tools as well. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is it, you know, and like some, some video creators, they look at us and think, oh, you know, this, is this a threat? This is going to, you know, this is going to have a, a damaging effect. But I think there's always going to be room for those fully bespoke videos. You know, when people have a budget and when they, they want to create something a bit more uh, tailored and, you know, if they've got a specific, narrative they want to bring through or you know uh, stuff like that i think is always going to exist or at least for a very very long time it's going to exist and, and that's probably better suited to a video director or you know someone who's made a lot of videos in the past 
Whereas with Rotor, it's a lot of that kind of, you can make uh, full quality music videos and lyric videos, um, but it's a lot of that kind of high volume stuff that we take care of, you know, the regular video creation, which is a big problem now, you know, there's more and more pressure in the music industry to create more of this stuff, you know, and it's fine if you want to do a tailored bespoke kind of high end video once, twice a year, but you know, what happens every other day of the week, you know, throughout that year, how can you get those videos out there? How can you get it out there quickly? And most importantly, how can we do it without putting more financial pressure uh, on independent artists and small labels because I think they're the ones that really struggle the most. Right. Yeah. So what are some of the coolest videos you've seen made with your tool? Oh, a few. I mean, there's, there's a few examples. Um, the two most recent ones are from customers who've used the web platform, uh, independent artists. So there was an artist called Aspen Wood who came in. They, they had a track called Locked In. Uh, I think this was around April, so it was when we were all set, settling into lockdown. Um, Aspen came up with a, a video where she shot it on her phone, so it was in vertical uh, format. Uh, and it was a performance video that she shot just outside her apartment door. So it was, it was like, I think there was two locations. One was like Aspen sitting on a chair uh, in the living room of her apartment, and one was her outside in the stairwell of her apartment, because obviously that's as far as she could go. Uh, she created these these videos and then put them into router, which added a whole bunch of effects and, you know, cut back and forth between her clips. Um, I thought that was quite cool, you know, because mm-hmm. it was literally, it was made so, so quickly. It was made in such a limited uh, geographic space, you know, and it was, it was of the moment. Uh, and we've seen other creators do sim- similar things. You know, there was, uh, a guy called Andrea Artale and Marco Fazio, they did a, a, a version of U2's In the Name of Love. Um, but what they did was they created the, the background video in Rotor. So they put in their music and, you know, chose a bunch of our clips in a style that worked for them. They bought the video, downloaded it, and then they green screened themselves doing performance and stuck that over the top uh, using some other software, which I like. You know, I like seeing people do stuff like that. It's like, you know, kind of hacking almost what we've got mm-hmm. to create the results they want. But it also, it, it tells a story to us. It's like, okay, this is something that people are trying to do. So we, you know, maybe we should build this into router to let people do stuff like that. You know, can we do auto green screen? Can we just chop people out of a video and overlay them onto a, a background? Um, but that was quite cool to see. And uh, possibly I'm biased because it's U2. I'm from Dublin. I grew up with U2, you know, <laughs> so it was, mm-hmm. there's a bit of nostalgia in there. Um but I think a third one that was really interesting to me as well was, was this other side of our business where we work with labels uh, and catalog owners to make videos at high volume. So we do this with, like, you know, with, with Warner and Universal and those guys uh, because they've got the same problem. You know, there's guys in those in teams in, in Warner in New York who've got a problem to create the amount of video content they need. And, you know, if we've got something that can help, we're always glad to help. I mean, that's the kind of ethos behind our company is how can we add value? So in those situations, you know, they'll send us a bunch of, of tracks and they might send us lyrics and some artwork. And we've got a creative team in our main office in Belfast who will make the videos for them using Rotor uh, and then send them back. Uh, but they can do it very, very quickly. You know, our guys can turn around uh, videos in no time because they, they know our technology inside out and they can manipulate it at the back end. Um, 
But one of the, the videos that I loved was this video that we did for Warner for, it was uh, Dan and Shay and Justin Bieber. Uh, we did a lyrics video for them. And the track, uh, I can't remember what the track was called. I'll pull it up here now, but it's got like 44 million views. Um, and that video was turned around. It was called 10,000 Hours. That's it. So we did a lyric video hmm. for 10,000 Hours. Dan, Dan Shay and Justin Bieber. Um, it was literally made in, in an hour, I think. Uh, super simple video with 44 million views. You know, I just love that. <laughs> mm. I love that. You know, you didn't have to spend tens of thousands on this big video and it didn't have to take weeks and months and all this kind of all this deliberation. It was just like, here's the audio and the lyrics, here's the artwork, make something that looks quite similar to it. An hour later, you've got it and then you get all these views. You know, I thought that was quite cool. Wow, that is cool. Well, that's some great, great, um, great examples. By the way, I'm realizing we're on audio. I keep saying rotor, you keep saying router. It's R O T O R videos. I'm assuming we're saying it differently because of our diet dialects accents. Probably my <laughs> accent. Yeah, no, you're saying it right. It's like you know, rotor. Uh, it's like <laughs> motor with an uh, an R. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, good. So if anyone's looking, trying to look it up while we're talking, <laughs> that might be some confusion. Yeah, but don't, don't go to rotorvideos.com. Go to rotorvideos.com. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, so tell us, what's what's the business model? You mentioned that you can preview for free and then you can buy, and then you also just mentioned some some enterprise solutions. But what's the business model? So the the main model on the, the web platform is pay-as-you-go. Up to now, it's been pay-as-you-go. So we're, we're pushing out subscriptions, um, which is largely geared around short form content and repeated video creation. Uh, but up to now, the model has been, you pay for each individual video that you create. So, you know, a full length HD music video is $25. Um, you know, same for whatever video you make that's full length, it's gonna be $25 for a HD version. And then you download that video, do what you want with it. it you know, you get a HD uh, MP4 file. Or like I say, you can connect your YouTube channel and, and push it straight onto there. Um, but you know, things are changing and there is this increased frequency around the necessity for video creation, particularly with the short form stuff. So we're, we're actually rolling out subscriptions in a couple of weeks time. Uh, and there'll be a variety of different options, you know, so there'll be a, some introductory level subscriptions and then there'll be some annual subscriptions, you know, where you can get heavy discounts and, you know, with a subscription, you'll more than likely get a huge amount of short form videos per month. And on the upper tiers, you know, there'll be like a 49 and a $99 option. You'll get unlimited short form video content. Um, and then as many long form, you know, as applied to that particular tier. Uh, because, you know, a long form music video, you'll get, you'll get more legs out of that. You know, you create a lyrics video or a long form music video, you put it out there, you know, it's around for a while, people will watch it for a while. The short form stuff is more of the moment. And, you know, you put something out like a, a 10, 15 second video, two days later, you need another one, you know? And it's like, you can't keep charging for that individually. You know, and we looked at different price po points for short form content, but, you know, we're dealing a lot with independent artists here who have been hit quite hard by everything that's going on. Uh, so asking people to pay every time to make a video is making less and less sense. I mean, we'll leave the pay as you go option in there uh, for those that do periodically like to make stuff. But I think the subscriptions that bundles in huge amounts of short form content is going to be very interesting. Yeah, interesting. 
So how has traction so far? I mean, you already mentioned you've got deals with Universal and Warner, but generally with artists and, and just video content, how, how much traction do you have? It's Yeah, we've got some great traction. Um, I mean, we've got thousands of, of artists that are using our platform from around the world, you know, and as you said yourself, we've got a lot of customers coming from the US. Uh, in fact, most of our customers come from the US still, I believe. Um, but what people start to find out about us you know, we're getting, you know, people coming to the website from from everywhere, from India, from Africa, from Asia, you know, from all the corners of Europe, uh, which is great. I mean, that's kind of, we love to see that. Um, we're also starting to work with the major labels, like I say, uh, and some top tier artists in some cases where we'll, we'll work with a particular artist uh, on a particular project, mainly with a view to helping them and also trying to figure out how we can further optimize our platform for the the requirements of the artists today um and then we've got partnerships with a lot of the distribution companies because for us you know we're quite serious about making video creation as easy as possible and as natural as possible and one small way to do that is rather than dragging everybody to yet another tool and yet another platform that they've got to add to their list of tools and platforms we want to plug video creation into the tools and services that are already being used by musicians, you know, and distribution being one of them, you know, it's, that's a point where an artist or a label, they've come to a distributor with their music in their hands, so to speak, and they're ready to do something with it, you know, put it onto the various DSPs. And it's like, okay, while they're there, wouldn't it be cool if they could create a video at the same time uh, and then push that video onto YouTube or Instagram or wherever it might need to go. Um, so these kind of partnerships that we're building will help us to do that. Um, and I think that's quite exciting. You know, uh, the more that we plug into the, the music industry and the various tools and services that have been used out there, I think the more value we can bring and the easier that we can make it for the end user. Yeah. You know, I just thought of something I, I should ask you about because I'm sure listeners are thinking about it. What happens in terms of the, the licensing of the video side, the video content? Is there, does the, does the user own uh, the right to use that forever and everywhere. Um, and then I guess on top of that, what happens if there's overlapping footage clips that come from, from Rotor that end up in multiple videos? Yeah, it's a good question. So uh, the users are allowed to do what they want with the videos for as long as they want. So, you know, once you've made a video with Rotor and you take it away, uh, you've got non-exclusive license to use that wherever you want you know they're like the music is theirs obviously you know so if they're putting up on their channel or through their distributor they can uh they can embed the the composition and the sound recording and make sure that that's claimed correctly and they they collect from that if they're generating money uh they can't claim against the the visual component uh, because it's non-exclusive but they are free to monetize that video we don't get involved in the rights we don't look for a share of any of the money that people make from their videos that's uh, that's not our, our model. That's not uh, where we get involved. Um, and we've only, I think we've had maybe two instances uh, where people have had videos that have clashed, where they've tried to claim the visual uh, and there might be, you know, one clip in there that's very similar to another one. For the most part, the videos, uh, they don't clash with each other and people aren't claiming the video, uh, the video element itself. Uh, so it's a pro not a problem we've come across um, greatly. I mean, the main thing is that people have the right to take that video and put it wherever they want and engage their audience and generate revenue from that video if they want to. You know, I mean, the more of that that we can empower, the better. 
if a bigger artist or label comes along and falls in love with a video, can they buy you out for exclusive rights to certain clips or is that not even an option? They can do uh, depending, you know, if, if, if a bunch of other artists uh, have used some of those clips, then we wouldn't do it because, you know, you can't sell clips that's in someone else's video. But we do <laughs> have situations where, you know, larger labels or artists have said, we want to do something, but we want exclusive content. Um, and there's two ways we can, we can uh, facilitate that relationship. So one is, you know, we've got a backlog of video content and visual content that we uh, are constantly uploading to the platform because there's a perpetual need for more and more content. You've got to refresh that library all the time. Um, so we could take something that's in the back backlog and say, okay, we'll park that off for this use case. Uh, and you can time box it. <clears throat> so you can say, okay, we'll give you exclusive use of that footage for three months, you know, and then afterwards it gets made available through the platform. And if they want to extend that to six months or 12 months, it costs a little bit more. Um, or they can also buy stuff outright, you know, bearing in mind, we've got a community of videographers and, and visual artists from around the world that work with us we can easily commission stuff for them uh, or create stuff in house. You know, we've got a, an incredible creative team at Router who are producing really interesting content uh, and they can just generate stuff for you either, you know, by filming on location or just creating it uh, using various animation techniques. Uh, and in that case, you can buy stuff outright. Got it. So some people argue that the music market's flooded with too much music and that music uh, has all that music hasn't been vetted. And that seems to be happening with video content too. Um, the, the, I guess the arguments that you can't compete with so much content. What do you think of that? And is Rotor contributing to that flood or how do you perceive that issue? Well, I think that's a, that's a natural evolution, right? You know, that's the way things are going. I'm not sure if, if we contribute to it. I mean, possibly um, what we do contribute to for sure is solving the problem that people have for creating that content um, but I think it's the, it's the same old situation where you know artists need to try and find their audience they need to try and engage that audience and need to keep them engaged for as long as they can you know um, and video is just part of that process you know it's become part of the language like I say um, and I don't think there's any way way around it um, and I don't think artists should give up. You know, I think I don't think it's a case where it's like, well, everybody's doing it, and there's so much out there. People will still watch your stuff if they're interested. If you can, if you can find that audience and build up some engagement, they'll still watch your stuff. You know, and consumers of of media content, they they switch to different platforms and they will watch different formats all the time. You know, so uh, I think the 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 real problem is just finding who are the people that want to hear your music and want to engage with you as an artist. Um, and hopefully what we do helps you to do that, you know, because if you've got video, people will engage with your content that little bit longer, um, you know, and there's something for them to come back to. Uh, so I, I would hope that we're helping rather than adding to a problem, but I, I really don't see it as a problem. You know, you could say the same thing for images, you know, uh, it's, it's so easy to make images. They're everywhere now, you know, but I don't think people will stop doing it. Um, it's just, you know, creating the stuff that you need uh, and getting it to the audience that you want to engage with, I think is a real problem. 
So you have an interesting vantage point given what you're doing, uh, going from creating visual elements and video yourself to creating a tool that kind of opens up access to more people to do the same without having to do the same tedious process over and over again and, and focus more on the creativity and, and the decision-making around aesthetics and message mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. What, how would you describe the future of media creation? What, is, what does that look like? Is it, is it prettier than just too much content? What, what, do, you, what do you see? There's a lot of interesting trends going on. I mean, just in how videos look, there's this crossover between social videos and, you know, what were traditionally called music videos. You know, things are blending together. And you see these uh, kind of crossovers between the music industry and the gaming industry. Um, and that's just on the, the types of content that, that are out there. You know, I'd like to see more. I'm very curious to see what happens between the music world and the gaming world. And, you know, is it possible to create music videos from game components uh, and then have that somehow meshed in or overlaid? Or can you create a, a lyric video that gets meshed in or overlaid or somehow presented within a game environment? You know, these types of things. So I'm interested in those crossovers and what are the new video formats? What are the new visual formats? Um that are coming out i'm also interested in the uh, the user created content you know because we see this with TikTok. you know we see this with thriller you know um it's nothing new we saw it with vine you know where there was user generated content that's becoming hugely hugely popular but i'm curious to see if there's a deeper relationship to be built between you know because the barriers to entry for for visual content creation are down anybody with a phone and a social media account can be a creator that's it you know you've got a good enough camera you've got the device you've got a way to share it and get it out to the world um but you see a lot of relationships now where it's the music industry or our artists going to a creator and saying you know we want to place our music with you or we want to license our music to, with you uh, or whatever i'd be more interested to see can you get these I guess we call them mobile creators. You know, can we get mobile creators to start making content specifically for artists and labels and what that relationship uh, starts to look like? And then mm. the tools themselves, are they going to get more specific? You know, uh, like if you take where we sit in the world of video creation tools, like starting with Adobe, you know, you go to Adobe, you download a professional video, uh, video creation uh, software, that makes all types of videos. I mean, you can create every type of video you want using Adobe Premiere or Adobe After Effects. Then you kind of uh, move down to something like Rotor where it's like, you know, what if I just want something that can create music videos and lyric videos? What is that, what is that tool? You know, so we're a bit more purpose specific. And I'm wondering how, how more specific do the tools get? You know, like, mm -hmm. is there a version of Rotor for Dimitri? And is there a version of Rotor for me? You know, that, you know, and can I, pull the building blocks of that together. I mean, you look at uh, Roblox and what kids are doing in Roblox, making their own games, you know, right. Is there going to be something like that for, for content creation where it's like, you know, I want to create my own types of videos and I only want to create these types of videos that do X, Y, and Z, you know, and then you have your own tool that does that for you. And maybe it starts to learn what types of videos you like to make and can develop them in your style. I think that's, that's exciting. You know, I'm wondering how much of everyday life does, visual content creation become. Um. Yeah, it's interesting. As you talk about that, it reminds me of this uh, concert that Wave XR just did with The weekend in mm. TikTok where it looked like an animated 
full feature film, the style, the aesthetic of that performance. And, and, and it's sort of like if you were to mash up what Wave and Rotor are doing, you, you, have, you see an image where people are making videos of you know animated avatars in mixed reality that are amazing, that are as good as you know, a Pixar film. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's been huge leaps and bounds in those areas in, in terms of what's possible, you know, and then you look at various machine learning AI, like generative uh, adversarial networks, you know, like generating, generating visual content from scratch is quite an exciting concept. I think we're quite a way off before, you know, you could request, you know, the video content that you want and it can be generated for you. But, I think it's coming, you know, uh, you look at some of the stuff that's going on with, with some of these neural nets and, you know, I don't know if you've seen some of these GANs, but like they'll, they'll suggest a result against a real, like, you know, it might be, I think I've seen images of birds where it's like, it's completely created this image of a bird out of scratch, out of nothing, you know, out of a, a random input to begin with. And then that will be uh, tested against a real image of a bird on another net that will tell you, okay, you know, it is or it isn't, or it's, it's real enough or it's not real enough. And then the network readjusts itself until it can finally start producing its own realistic images of birds, you know, mm-hmm. out of nothing. Um, I think that sort of stuff is really exciting as well. Um, you know, and we're keeping a close eye on that for our, for our media library. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's very cool. Okay. This has been great. If our listeners want to try to make a video, what should they do, Dearman? Go to rotorvideos.com. Uh, it's free to sign up uh, and play around. That's the great thing. You can just log in and play around as much as you like, make as many videos, experiment, hack it, try and break it. <laughs> tell us what works. Tell us what you want. Um, you know, and like I say, you only pay when you're happy and then keep a lookout for some of that new stuff that's coming out in a couple of weeks time. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining me, Dearman. It's been great hearing about what you're doing at Rotor and also to hear that last part where you see some of the future media creation goes. It's really got us thinking. So uh, thanks for coming on the show. Pleasure, Dimitri. Thank you. And uh, thank you for listening to the podcast. I've got a couple of announcements I want to make before we wrap up the episode. Shout out to my friend Jay Gilbert from Your Morning Coffee. If you don't get that weekly newsletter, it's weekly news for the new music business. It is an incredible newsletter that'll get you up to date on what's going on in the industry. And Jay and Your Morning Coffee is launching a new podcast. So if you're a podcast fan, which you must be, um, make sure to look out for Your Morning Coffee. Jay's just launched that. You can find out more about the newsletter at label-logic.com. Net. And of course, make sure to come to the conference October 27th and 28th, 2020. Music Tectonics is going online. Super excited. Our guest, Dearmid, was just talking about Roblox. We've got the head of music from Roblox that's speaking there. We've got a, a company called Genesis that's uh, building festivals in Minecraft. Um, we've got some great folks coming in, including Super Hi-Fi, AdRev, Linkfire. Those are all our Supernova sponsors. There's lots more content will be announced. So go to musictectonics.com and sign up for our newsletter. Thanks for listening. We'll be back with more episodes soon. You're listening to Music Tectonics.